My name is Celia and I'm nine years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he died for our sins and he never sinned in his life. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Friends, Alicia Yoder here on the Jesus is Better podcast. What are you thankful to God for today? Why don't you shout it out? When I say, thank you, Jesus, for... Then you shout out what you want to thank him for. Ready? Here we go. Thank you, Jesus, for... Awesome. So last week, Jesus told stories about the Father's love for sinners who are like lost sheep, lost coins, and lost sons, and that he loves rescuing us too and keeping us safe in his family. Even though Jesus was still on his way to Jerusalem to die, he took the time to continue teaching his disciples through stories so that they could get to know him more. He said, There was a rich man who had a manager. Some said that the manager was wasting what the rich man owned. So the rich man told him to come in. He asked him, What is this I hear about you? Tell me exactly how you've handled what I own. You can't be my manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What will I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm too ashamed to beg. I know what I'm going to do. I'll do something so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each person who owed his master something. He asked the first one, How much do you owe my master? I owe 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and change it to 450 gallons. Then he asked the second one, And how much do you owe? I owe a thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. The manager told him, Take your bill and change it to 800 bushels. The manager had not been honest, but the master praised him for being clever. The people of this world are clever in dealing with those who are like themselves. They are more clever than God's people. I tell you, use the riches of this world to help others. In that way, you will make friends for yourselves. Then, when your riches are gone, you will be welcomed into your eternal home in heaven. Suppose you can be trusted with something very little then you can also be trusted with something very large. But suppose you are not honest with something very little. Then you will also not be honest with something very large. 
Suppose you have not been worthy of trust in handling worldly wealth. Then who will trust you with true riches? No one can serve two masters at the same time. Either you will hate one of them and love the other, or you will be faithful to one and dislike the other. You can't serve God and money at the same time. Now the Pharisees loved money. They heard all that Jesus said and made fun of him. Jesus said to them, You try to make yourselves look good in the eyes of other people, but God knows your hearts. What people think is worth a lot is hated by God. The teachings of the law and the prophets were preached until John the Baptist came. Since then, the good news of God's kingdom is being preached and everyone is trying very hard to enter it. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the smallest part of a letter to drop out of the law. Once there was a rich man. He was dressed in purple cloth and fine linen. He lived an easy life every day. A man named Lazarus was placed at his gate. Lazarus was a beggar whose body was covered with sores. Even dogs came and licked his sores. All he wanted was to eat what fell from the rich man's table. The time came when the beggar died. The angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In the place of the dead, the rich man was suffering terribly. He looked up and saw Abraham far away. Lazarus was by his side. So the rich man called out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water. Then he can cool my tongue with it. I am in terrible pain in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember what happened in your lifetime. You received your good things. Lazarus received bad things. Now he is comforted here, and you are in terrible pain. Besides, a wide space has been placed between us and you, so those who want to go from here to you can't go, and no one can cross over from there to us. The rich man answered, Then I beg you, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to my family. I have five brothers. Let Lazarus warn them. Then they won't have to come to this place of terrible suffering. Abraham replied, They have the teachings of Moses and the prophets. Let your brothers listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them... They will turn away from their sins. Abraham said to him, They don't listen to Moses and the prophets, so they won't be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Okay, boys and girls, what's the hardest thing for you to share with your brother or sister? Maybe your tablet or some candy you receive? Or when your mom asks you to play a game with them when you'd rather do something by yourself? 
When the rich man told the manager he wasn't doing a good enough job, the manager got scared that he wouldn't be able to take care of himself if he lost his job and tried to make some people like him by lowering their bills to the rich man. The manager didn't have anyone to take care of him, so he had to figure out how to take care of himself. That's how some kids and adults think about sharing, too. If they give to someone else, they want to make sure they can get it back or that they'll get rewarded for being so nice. But we don't have to be like that because we don't just have a rich man giving us a job. Instead, we are sons and daughters of the God who owns everything in the universe he created. He delights in taking care of us. And Jesus was the perfect manager in our place, doing exactly what God wanted and never out of selfishness. So each time we do get it wrong and are selfish with what he's put in our life or we get scared that we won't have what we need, we can receive his forgiveness and help and just rest. He cares so much more about our hearts than about using our money or toys or time perfectly because he wants to be the one to show us how to use those things out of a heart that truly cares about others. Each brownie you share is a way to show others how good it is to live in God's kingdom, how much he wants to sweeten their lives with his love and presence with them. Maybe you feel like you don't have much to give to others, like the boy who offered his five loaves and two fish to Jesus in a crowd of more than 5,000. Maybe you don't even get an allowance or money to spend. But God can take the little we do have and multiply it to bless lots of others, even if it feels like sharing a toy with your sister isn't as important as having lots of money to give to people who are hungry or poor. When I was a little girl, God took care of me by putting me in a family with parents who loved me and gave me the food I needed and a warm bed to sleep in. Now that he's given children to my husband and me, we get to share God's mercy and love to them by giving them food and a warm bed too. Having money is never to make us appear better than those who have less, to prove how hardworking we are, or to make us think that God loves us more than his other children. It's always to receive God's lavish love and carry it to others. Even if you're not old enough to spend money to care for others, kids and adults have the same amount of one thing, time. As you share your time with your brother and sister and cousins, God can multiply the blessings he wants to share with others through you. It could be listening to them when they feel sad, playing a game of Monopoly, or telling them a funny joke. Satan loves to tempt us into selfishness, whispering to our hearts that we'll be more protected or better off if we keep our time and money and stuff all to ourselves. 
but Jesus is inviting us into the richness of pouring out what we do have. Pouring out doesn't mean that we have to try and exhaust ourselves baking bread and catching fish to give to a crowd in order to please God. Because another of God's gifts to us is rest, trusting Him to keep taking care of those we love, even when we can't. Everything that we have belongs to our Father God, and He is our Daddy, teaching us how to love others with what we've been given. The Pharisees didn't understand why God gave His laws and sent prophets just as they couldn't believe that they needed Jesus to be their Savior and Rescuer. It's the same today. Some people try to follow the rules to be good enough on their own and look down on those who are trying hard to enter God's kingdom by admitting that they aren't perfect and need His help rescuing them from their sins. People might not even understand that Jesus kept the law perfectly for them, but they do know that they can't rescue themselves. And that is God's grace to us, too. The poor man Lazarus needed God's help. And when he died, he was brought to heaven where Abraham was, the man from the Old Testament who trusted God's promises. The rich man in the story didn't see his need for God until it was too late. It wasn't until after he died that he realized what would happen to his brothers if they continued in selfishness as he had. But we are still alive. And because Christ's death has made a bridge for us to cross over the chasm and come home to God, we can be like little Christs, showing others the way across through placing our faith in Jesus. You might not feel like you have all the right words to say to help people who are hurting, but we never have to be afraid to pray and keep believing that God can change someone's heart that seems like a cold stone into a heart that is soft towards God. Some people would still reject Jesus even if they could see him standing right in front of them in their living room. But God is also bringing the faith that's needed for many to come into his kingdom. One thing I like to pray in the morning is for God's kingdom to come in my own life and in the lives of my family and all across the world, meaning that I want God to keep changing my heart and the hearts of those all around the world to trust him and love the people he's put into our lives. God has made us human, which means that we don't have the strength or energy to help every poor or sad person, but God does invite us to look on those we do see with kindness and ask him to show us how to help. Lazarus was right outside the rich man's gate, and the rich man could have just sent some servants out with his leftover food, but he didn't. Maybe you can share a book or toy or snack with a classmate or invite them to play with you. Maybe when you feel like you can't do anything that will make your little brother feel better, you can pray for him and invite him to ask God for help. Let's pray for them right now. 
Think of someone who needs to know God's true riches through Christ and pray this in your heart with me. King Jesus, we need you so much. And so does this person who is in our heart. Would you help them to know how much you love them and give them a heart of faith and trust in you? Would you show us how to encourage them to know you more? Thank you for caring about them more than we ever could. You're the best. Amen. Okay, friends, let's keep enjoying God's riches. And if you want to check out a great new book from the library about loving others, it's called Be Kind by Pat Zietlow Miller. Talk to you next time.